0: Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you.
1: Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of His hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. It's working!
0: Good morning. Good morning. It's the third of January, twenty twenty-two. Happy New Year! This is my first opportunity to say Happy New Year to each and every one of you. This is the year of the Lord, twenty twenty-three. Did I say twenty twenty-two when we started? Yeah, it's twenty twenty-three. It might take me a while to get used to saying that. Um, so, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Paul Perot. Um, Happy New Year, my brother Christ, year. my partner in this endeavor thank you so much for hosting yesterday. What a wonderful start to the year. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't break it. You did a great job. Thank you. You did a great job. So um, we're going to lead off each and every morning with our growing your faith verse of the day. So this morning, that means if I were to ask you the question, where in the word are you today? Um, And you don't have a spot yet. You haven't, you haven't started a Bible reading plan in 2023. Well, Here's your opportunity. You can go to myfaithradio.com. You can sign up for your Growing Your Faith, the Growing Your Faith verse of the day. We also have opportunities for you to study the Bible with us, um, read the Bible together with us. Um, And I'm also going to encourage you to, you know, find a Bible reading plan that works for you. Bible.com has lots of them available if you just need a quick place to look and find a Bible reading plan that works for you. They, um, they designed them in all kinds of different ways and different paces and different ways of delivering them to you each and every day. Um, you can listen to it. You can read it for yourself. You can read it with others. Just read it, like basically, which is what today's verse is actually about. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Study the book of instruction continually. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So, study this book. This book is short form, the Book of Joshua. Long form um, to those to whom this was originally written. What you and I would call the Old Testament. Um, longer form. It's talking about the Bible, right? Study this book of instruction continually. What does that look like? Um, well, if we're going to study it continually, we need to be in it every day, um, and we need to be in it in an intentional way. So, where in the Word are you today? The text line is uh, is all fixed. Well, sort of. Um, we can see your phone numbers, and you can text us. We can't. Uh, we no longer have all of the good information that we once had about who you are and where you're texting from, and all those good things, but. So it's not like I have our history of texting back and forth, but the text line is open again, 877-933-2484. It's like, you know, when you get a new phone and you lose your text history. Well, in this case, we've also lost our contacts in terms of, um, yeah, all the good information that we've shared over time with one another over the text line, but that's okay. We can start afresh. It's a new year, 877-933-2484. Where in the word are you today? Um. So, when we think about where we are in the Word and why we are in the Word, we hear in this uh in this verse from Joshua one eight that we want to be in the Word in order that what we could obey everything written in it, and we could prosper and succeed so let's talk about that for just a second. um why be in the Word well, so that we will know what God has said, and frankly back up a step from there so that we might know God i mean. What are the benefits of Bible study? What are the benefits of being in the Word of God? That you and I could know God and see God for who He truly is, not as the world sees Him or as the world might lead us to believe about Him, but that we could actually know God from His own revelation of Himself in the scriptures of the Old and New Testament. And another benefit from reading the Bible, studying the Bible, is that we could come to know ourselves, we could see ourselves clearly. Not as the world sees us or leads us to believe, but as God declares it to be. Like, do you feel like when you engage every day with the world that the, the world is saying back to you, wow, you're an image bearer of the living God. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God loves you full well. Like, is that what the world is, like, proclaiming to you every day, every step you take, every encounter you have? Yeah. Maybe not, probably not. It's what you're going to hear here. And so, love, love, love that we get to spend this time together every day reminding each other of these truths. But if we're in the Word of God, that's what we're going to discover. It's going to be reinforced. We get to know God. We get to know ourselves and we get to see the world and everything in it as it really is. We get to understand reality. We get to understand how to live as a person of faith in the midst of a world that's often unfaithful. We get to identify with fellow believers and walk in fellowship with one another as, a, as the people of God in this generation. And we, and we get to learn what it looks like to live in peace and to live at peace with God, to live at peace with ourselves, to live at peace with others, and to live as people of peace in a world that's just, frankly, at war. So that's my invitation this year to renew your commitment to be in the Word of God each and every day, that the Word of God might get inside of you so that when the world squeezes you, and you know it will, when the world squeezes you, what will come out will be the very word of the living God. That's how we're going to prosper and succeed in all we do, um, as this verse from Joshua 1.8 declares. All right, again, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen Leberge. Uh We're back with Nick Pitts in just a moment. Um, the Washington Post has has made a list of what's out and what's in in 2023? Um, it's not about belly buttons. It's not about any but what's out in 2023 and what's in? What would make your list? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen.
1: He will yield his fruit in its season. His leaf won't die. In whatever he does, he will prosper. great day to be alive I know the sun still
2: shining when I close my eyes there's some hard times in the
0: neighborhood but why can't every day be just this good well 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 good morning Nick Pitts is back good morning sir
2: happy 2023 Carmen so great to be happy with you
0: Happy 2023. I enjoyed the uh, pits picture on the beach announcing the uh, 2023 arrival of uh, of the next pits. So that was really, really fun. Thank you for that over the, um, over the holiday break. Um, Nick, when you think about what's out 2022-ish and what's in 2023-ish, um, I shared a, a Washington Post list with you, which we can talk through. But do you have any... Out in 2022, in in 2023, things that we should that we should highlight.
2: Okay, uh, Carmen, I'm going to be a little bit selfish right now and just be very candid with you and the listeners. I when I looked through this list of the Washington Post article that you sent to me, what's out in 2022? uh, What's out is the illusions that I'm still young and hip. And what's in is the oldness is setting into me because I was shocked by how little that I've been able to keep my thumb or keep the temperature of what's in right now. Uh, everything from the FaceTime to, to look, Voice Memo, I, like I'm, I, had I, I'm just right I had to look most of them right
0: now. I had to look most of them up. Yeah, I didn't. I, even, I, I, I didn't know what most of them were. And so, yeah, if you think you felt bad, you can tr- trust that I felt really bad because, you know, here's the thing. I mean, you and I both spend a lot of time paying attention to what's happening in the culture. And yet I got to tell you, I I didn't I didn't know what most of these were. I certainly didn't know what fidgetal was. I didn't know that now it's out and I don't know okay. what leisure is and I didn't know it's now in.
2: Oh, yeah, I am. I am. I'm shook right now by how many things I've been Googling (laughs) on the side. And uh, there's also some, uh, obviously, that uh, that are pretty welcoming to me. One uh, being that Blaming Millennials is out. And as a millennial, I am exceedingly grateful that we are no longer blaming millennials. But now I found myself joining the choir of other generations and blaming the youngest. That's now getting all the attention with what's in this year, which is blaming Gen Z. So or blaming Gen X is in, rather.
0: No, so that was my concern, right? Okay, so we're no longer blaming you. We're now blaming me
2: yeah, it's
0: not gen z that'd be it'd be fun to blame them they're they're young but no no people are now blaming my generation the crowd born between 65 and 80 that's, that's you me. are
2: the mtv generation uh <laughs> that you wanted your mtv and now you must reap the whirlwind which is the blaming that comes from mtv not showing music videos anymore
0: all right, we are uh we're talking with Bye. Nick Pitts. We're we're trying to approach this conversation um in a with a bit of humor because we recognize that um the world thinks that these things like really really matter and that what's trendy and trending is what is um you know most important to be talking about today. When Nick and I come back, we're going to talk about the things that do not change. And we're going to talk about um that which is not only unchanging but unchangeable, and how we live as um, as the people of God in the midst of an ever-changing world. There are some things on this list that um, I want you to know uh, and I want you to be aware of. They are disturbing. Um, effective altruism is out and naked greed is back in. Thruples, yeah, if you missed that, thrupples are out because polycules have already replaced them. What in the world is a polycule? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. There's always a reason to always choose joy. There's something deeper that the world can't destroy. Smile. When you think you can Our friend Nick Pitts is back. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. He's at JNickPitts. You can find him at the Institute for Global Engagement. Um, Nick, uh, let's just focus on this in terms of this Washington Time or Washington Post list um, on, this, on this one. Thruples are out, polycules are in. I think when we talk about the pace of change in the culture, the sexual revolution, um, which people might think has to do with the 1960s and bra burning. That's really not the sexual revolution we're dealing with today. Um, Thruples are couples of three. Um, what's a polycule?
2: Yeah, so a polycule has been in the news as of late. As if we remember Sam Bankman-Fried Freed of FTX, their leader, um, it, it, there was reports that surfaced that his old girlfriend, they had uh, a house in the Bahamas and they were engaged as well as back in the States and essentially just a non-committal, non-monogamous um, relationship where uh, a variety of men and women kind of gathered together and just were in romantic relationships without commitment. And um, it's just, it, it is very much an illuminating sign. We've, we've seen the glimmers. If we look at the thread of commitment, we've seen this for a while um, uh, uh Michael Savage uh, has been writing in the New York Times about this idea of being monogamous um, for years now about the idea that we don't want to. It's not it's not realistic. Um, it's against our human nature to be committed to one person for the rest of our lives. Um, it's not realistic. So let's set ourselves up for, quote unquote, realistic, uh, goals. And, um, he's what's popularized this monogamist and now has really come to the forefront with Sam and Freed and just this unique, and I would just say, uh, just, uh, immoral, uh, group, uh, relationship that he's in with these variety of people that he works with and that he lives with, um, uh, not being committed to one another, but being romantically involved with each other.
0: Yeah, it's a um I, I think it's an opportunity for us to talk about um, you know, God's good design for human sexuality. Um, oh, yeah. God you know, what God says about monogamy, what God says about marriage, and the in the right ordering of family life. Um I, I think that every time the culture takes another step in the direction of total sexual anarchy, it is an opportunity for Christians to pause and say, um, that that it's not healthy it's not love um it's not procreative um it's not the best for you it's not the best for the other it's not the best for our culture like we have to Pause and be reasonable. E- even though I think Nick, you know, my inclination as I get older and older is to roll my eyes and shake my head, um, but I, I actually have to keep saying, "God has a good design. God knows what's best. Um, God really does want um, you to flourish." And and this sexual anarchy is not the way of human flourishing.
2: Oh no, it is it the there's good news and there's bad news right there's the idea, there's the idea that our current culture is sloshing towards Gomorrah. but as we're seeing here we're we're not we've always been bent right <laughs> like we've we've never been a, a, a straight a, according to the plumb line culture right with amos we uh, this is nothing there is nothing new underneath the sun relative to throttles or polycules or what have you you can read the biblical narrative or you can read the historical text from josephus to know that there has always been this sexual immorality that's plagued the human condition. It's uh, a—it's this idea of having a legitimate desire, which is intimacy with someone, and it's taking it to illegitimate place, as Oswald Chambers says, of, of this multiple relationships. It's the fire outside of the fireplace that's causing, that can cause hurt, as we've seen in the past, and will continue to cause hurt as, as we have continue to hear stories. And while it's important for us, There's a two part to this. It's important for us to acknowledge and to identify what's wrong and what's not healthy and what doesn't lead to human flourishing in this one life we've been given. It's important for us to identify what's wrong, but it's equally as important for us to vividly exemplify what's right and what's good and what's true. A culture that's desperately looking for a model as to how to get the most out of this life doesn't need to be told what's wrong. They need to be shown what's right. Uh, uh, So uh, it's just as important for us during this time to be vivid displays of what what the good design that God made for the human condition.
0: (laughs) All right. I do appreciate that um, there is a uh, an author out there who read this. He's 31 years old and he he like you and I was terribly troubled that there were so many things on the list that he didn't even recognize. Um, He says that of the 56, there were like 35. He didn't even know what they were. So he called his 16 year old sister and had her talk him through it. Um, And here's the good news. Like she didn't even have an opinion on like half of them. So don't worry. Don't yeah. Don't <laughs> worry if you're uh, if you're thinking to yourself, I don't even really know what's on this list, and I don't really care. Know God and make Him known. There you go. This is the unchanging calling of um of the Christians in the culture today. Um, hey, let's uh let's have one more quick conversation here so that folks are aware of it. Um, I just wanna I just wanna um bring up this thing that, that I just learned about last week apparently professional boxing is still a thing that's not out although I think it should be um but professional boxing is actually creating a trans category and recruiting trans people to box with one another i got to i got to tell you nick this feels like we have reached the the beginning of the end or the at least the end of the beginning of the conversation about transgenderism if now we're talking about making a sport of having people who are desperately confused about their gender identity in a boxing ring with each other.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, this, w- there is so much going on in this, right? Like there's a, there's a part from the Christian perspective of wanting to acknowledge what Jesus said, that, that there's, there's a man and there's a woman, etc. cetera. There's another part you don't want to give an inch in the regards of just even the idea of creating the third category for trans boxing, Perspective, but it just seems—just something just doesn't seem right with it. I—I I can't put my finger on it. I've—I've I've had a hard time even thinking about it. Of just mm-hmm. the idea of wanting to provide in an, an, an accommodating culture, wanting to provide an opportunity, but also just this—just—just just something just turns in my stomach to know that I just this something just can't put my finger on it. But just the the general inclination, inclination and conscience just kind of is off on this one.
0: Yeah, I completely 100% agree. Um, All right, Nick, Um, maybe two things you've got your eye on this year that you want us to keep our eye on as well.
2: Yeah, I, one, I, I would be, I I am very interested to see now that COVID is, well, this is the first, this will be the first full calendar year, Lord willing, unless the Lord tarries, that we will be without COVID. And what we've seen throughout history, uh, The latest being the roaring 20s is that there is a there's a tornado of kind of immorality, but also religious fervor that comes out after pandemics. And I am so I'm so interested to see what happens after the pandemic where you have a growing number of people that have come to the realization that man was not meant to be alone that we mm. that no man is an island people that are desperate and longing for company i'm interested to see what i'm interested to see what emerges from that the second piece being i'm interested to see from a schooling standpoint if we continue to see this resurgence in private schooling and homeschooling as well <laughs> um what emerges from that and then three from the political perspective i I mean it gets started even today with the house gop nominating their speaker well it will be it i am i'm keeping a close eye to see if this is going to be uh how this is going to play out in washington from the uh, legislative perspective
0: yeah i um i think I think those are really um, three really good ones. Um, maybe one thing I have my eye on this year, um, I expect it, it, it for as much conversation as we've had in the last couple of years about abortion, I think that the real um, life conversation um, going forward is an end of life conversation. Um, and I think that as Christians... We we really need to find our feet in that conversation, um, because I think that the trend toward assisted suicide is growing. And I think it's and I think it's about to um, genuinely explode, not only around the world, but here in America. So that would be something I would add to that list as well. Nick, we look forward to tracking um, all of this with you over um, over the coming year. I think I'm going to just start calling um, our conversations together. Nick's picks. Mm -hmm. How how would you (laughs) feel about that? Right. I feel good about it. I feel good all about right. it. Nick's, Nick's picks uh, will will be a recurring theme here on Mornings with Carmen. Nick Pitts, thank you so much for joining us.
2: so great to be with you, Carmen.
0: Likewise. All right, we're going to go uh, upwards for a minute with Max Lucado. This is Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. This is my victory
1: song. Sing it all day long.
0: Well, what in the world is going on in the world? When you think about um, what is happening around the world today, where is your prayerful attention? Um, so one of the things that I'm doing with my grandkids this year, we got this uh, kind of cool scratch-off map. I don't know how else to describe that. You know how they make those things where it's like there's something underneath there, but then they cover it with the black stuff that you can like scratch off. Um, Ordinarily, it's designed with like really brightly colored paper behind it and you can make your own design or whatever. Well, this one is a global map. And so it's designed for you to, I'm sure it's designed for you to scratch it off if you actually visit those places. We're gonna do it as a scratch off as we pray for places. So when a particular country comes before us on on the news um, or in conversations around us, or we know a missionary somewhere or we hear about something from um, open doors um, watch list or like the countries where we sponsor children through one child um, we're gonna we're gonna spend time like scratching off our maps and then intentionally praying for the people who live in those places so how are you? Um, considering the world that God so loves, like the whole world, right? I mean, God's concerned about each and every one of us and knows the number of hairs on our heads, but God is just as intimately concerned about every other person, the world around. And so how this year are you going to hold the world prayerfully in your hands, recognizing that God has the whole world in his hands and is concerned about everyone in every place in every moment? Like, that's more than I can hold but I can uphold it in my prayerful hands. One of the folks that helps us look around the world and understand what in the world's going on in the world is Luke Moon from the Philos Project and Providence Magazine. So he's going to join us next. We're going to talk about um, some of the old problems around the world in the new year and maybe some new opportunities around the world as well. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Faith Radio. A mysterious star in the sky.
2: It's bright like one and shines like one.
0: A baby lying in a manger. There he is after all this time. And a fulfilled promise.
1: You will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus.
0: In Fulfillment is a biblical audio drama. Over 40 voice actors and the fulfilled moments of Jesus' life. Search In Fulfillment wherever you listen to podcasts or just go to myfaithradio.com.
1: The wise men will bow down before the throne, and at his feet they'll cast their golden crowns when the man comes around.
0: Luke Boone is back. He's a former YWAM missionary. I feel like, Luke, I should say that every once in a while because that's like... One of the cool parts of your of your heritage. And uh, (laughs) I want people to know that Um, he serves with an organization called the Philos Project. Uh, You can also find him at Providence Magazine, ProvidenceMag.com. Good morning, good sir. Where are you today in the world?
1: I'm, I'm at home. I'm in New York.
0: Stunning. All right. Sometimes when we talk with Luke, he's like literally halfway around the world. So, um, so good morning, Luke. Um, all right. So uh, you like archaeological things? Um, and I know this because I've had the opportunity to travel (laughs) with you to a place where um we continue to uncover many things and and get to confirm what the Bible says about particular places. So read people in um, on this biblical site where Jesus healed the blind man that's recently been excavated and now is available for public view. Yeah.
1: Yeah. In, in the old city of Jerusalem, just down from it, there's a, a valley floor uh, that where the, there where the, the pool of Siloam was uh, back in the time of Jesus. And they are, later this year going to basically refill it with water and it will That's once so again cool. be the pool of Siloam. Yeah. No, it's it it's really interesting because you know there's there is that whole section of around the old city where, you know, there's a lot of places where, you know, Jesus was and there's been something built over it, you know, like a church or something else. But this is one of those places where where you can definitively say Jesus was here like you know Jesus was on this you know there you, you know it's on it's on bedrock right so they you know they can't go any lower um and it's really cool and it's you know it was it was significant because that pool was you know if you wanted to go up on the temple itself you wanted to go to the temple uh, you had to bathe ritually, you know, wash yourself before entering the temple, and so it was at the bottom of a long series of steps called the Southern Steps that w- went from the Pool of up to the Temple Mount, where people would would then pray. And the fact that this is getting opened again uh, is is I don't know. I feel like it's very significant. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, it's it's. It's going to be a cool place. I'm I'm actually going to be there next week and so I'm uh I might I might get behind the scenes to see it, Carmen.
0: I love that. Yeah, it would not surprise me if you have an opportunity to get behind the scenes and see what's happening. <laughs> um all right, let's uh, let's talk about I mean we're in a new year, obviously. Um yes. there are some what I'm describing as old problems, maybe the language here should be like persisting problems. Um we don't get to leave everything in the past, uh, in terms of the year now gone, um, in 2022, Russia invaded Ukraine. Um, it had done so years prior, but this was um, certainly a, a more aggressive move. Um, bombings over the weekend uh, continued to raise our concern, actually, in both directions for loss of life. Um, just remind us from your perspective what, what's actually going on? in the war that russia has brought to ukraine
1: yeah well i mean it's it's obviously ongoing i think one of the things that we you know one of the most surprising things uh was that Zelensky, who is the president of ukraine you know there were there were roving bands of assassins trying to take him out and it was that you know early early on in the in the invasion there was predictions that that, you know, Ukraine wouldn't last, you know, a month, right. It would fall quickly. And he was, you know, one of those guys that just, you know, happened to be in the moment, uh, able to really step up and mobilize not only his people, but the entire world uh, against Russia. Uh, I, I think some of that has been lost, I would say. And, you know, he, he, you know, it's, When you're on the cover of Vogue, it's a bit much. But Mm -hmm. overall, I would say that that's uh, it's very impressive. But one of the things that's going to happen coming up is that in the second quarter, I think actually maybe starting in February, uh, Putin has said uh, that they will stop selling oil to people who have put caps on 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 uh, the price of oil. And I think we'll see uh, some gas shocks again uh, in the in the coming new year. Um, you know, the uh, Germany uh, refused to give Ukraine tanks um, that that was as of uh, yesterday. Uh, that's that's, I think, frustrating for Ukraine. Uh, and then, you know, there's there's just the uh, you know, the problem is that kind of an it, the The longer these types of things last, the worse it gets right the 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 kind of people get begin to kind of get used to the conflict, but also uh it has this kind of you know multi year kind of hanging on kind of thing
0: yeah i um <clears throat> i think that in terms of um prayer concerns in terms of the way that we highlight the challenges that people face around the globe and how we as Christians, regardless of where we live, um, how we are to engage prayerfully and um, and then, you know, as God calls us to in um, in substantive ways. And so I'm mindful of those who um, have taken in refugees from Ukraine. I'm thankful for the now 100,000 American families who have taken in Ukrainian refugees and um, the millions of families in countries surrounding Ukraine that are now providing hospitality. Um, I just also recognize that we're talking now about things that are going to have generational impacts, not just in terms of the need to rebuild the country after peace is restored. But, you know, there's now there's now so much trauma generationally, um these families have been separated for so long and many of them will um you know not not ever find one another again and um and some will be lost along the way and it's just there's there's just so much anguish related to this and this is not the only place in the world Um, where this is true. I mean, in Syria, we're talking about something that's now been going on for a decade. And I just, uh, you know, and in Yemen, and I know that you and I talk frequently about these places of concern around the world. um, But like, God, God treasures each and every one of these individuals. And I don't want us to lose sight of that in the midst of um, the concerns we have here in the United States, which, you know, which often seem silly by comparison to the trauma people are dealing with globally.
1: Yeah, no. I, I mean, it's the reality is that you know, I mean, people are are resilient, right? They, you know, one of the things that you know, back when I was in YWAM and a missionary, I toured all the countries of of the Balkans, and I I hung out with a lot of people who at you know they were ten, eleven, twelve when the when the Balkan War was taking place, and they told me that you know after about two weeks of living in the bomb shelter, you just decide that, you know, you can't live like that forever and that you end up just, you know, trying to make do and have a normal life for as much as possible. Right. And I think that, you know, that the resilience of, of people is, is pretty significant and pretty important. Um, and yes, there w- there is trauma and there will be trauma coming out of this. Uh, but, you know, it's it will also be, I think, you know, the the maps of Europe, the maps of the world is is not fixed. And as much as we want them to be, as much as we want, you know, there to be, you know, these countries that that are at peace with each other. The, the reality is that the world is is a fallen and broken place. And, you know, it's uh like you said, Syria, Yemen. I mean, the the biggest conflict in the world in terms of loss of life is the one that no one ever talks about, which is in the Congo. Um, You know, that that actually probably if you compare Syria, Yemen and Ukraine, you could add them up together and they still would not equal the deaths and carnage that is taking place in the Congo over the last decade. Um, And and the reality is we don't nobody talks about that one nobody that you know there's no there's no zelensky who is out there like you know calling for you know the you know the uh, arming and giving us weapons and giving billions of dollars you know we we're, we we're, we're only doing that with with ukraine and you know and also when we were fighting in in in, in syria and also giving aid uh, to yemen but nonetheless i think what you know our hope is Is that in the midst of these places of violence and conflict, uh, like God's at work in ways that we cannot imagine. And uh, I think that we just have to continue to trust that all things uh, will work according to his purpose and for his glory.
0: Um, Yeah, for those of you who are listening and you're saying to yourself, hmm, I wonder how much um, the United States actually does give globally in foreign aid and how it is dispersed. Um, You can check out what happens through USAID. That is um, how most of the foreign aid from the U.S. government is allocated and distributed. Some uh, in excess of 50 billion dollars in fiscal year 2020 that has climbed dramatically um, just in the last couple of years in in large part um, in large measure to uh, the aid we are now supplying uh, to the people in Ukraine. Um, We're going to take a very brief break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Luke Moon. He's going to bring us some related information related to Ukraine. Anyway, Um, we're going to we're going to talk a little bit about the Netanyahu Zelensky Ukraine Israel relationship. What's going on there? You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Faith Radio. Listen to Faith Radio live or on demand. No matter where you go, download the free Faith Radio app at your app store today. Luke Moon uh, is here. He works with the Philos Project and Providence Magazine. You can find him on Twitter at lukemoon One. Which, by the way, Luke, just in case you were concerned, (laughs) Twitter is out and then Twitter is also in, according to The Washington Post. And the the reason is there's nothing there's nothing actually that can replace it. So there you go. Um, And and yet a very small percentage of people are on Twitter. And yet there you go.
1: (laughs) The thing is, I signed up for all those other ones just so Mm -hmm. that I don't have to have the one behind Luke Moon. You know, like you never know. Like, you know, all the you know then the, there was once a time never know. You know, I think it's my true. I was telling somebody recently that I think my first email address cuz they were making fun of me cuz I have an AOL email address and and they're like they they laughed and I said well actually I think the first one I had was a Hotmail account so uh but that doesn't exist anymore either so you never know I mean it's you know Twitter could be the big thing now but one of these other ones could take off, and I want to have Luke Moon as the as as the you know the handle as opposed to Luke Moon One. I was I was late to the game, Carmen. Mm.
0: Oh, is that why you're Luke Moon One? It's not because you're like uh, declaring yourself like the preeminent Luke Moon. I thought it was like.
1: <laughs> I, no, yeah, see, I misread that. Come on, that. Carmen. I, you like, know, like, no, you, I'm you kidding? You, I I know because like, kidding. no, don't put that on me. <laughs> uh,
0: all right. Um, so Bibi and Zelensky, talk with us about the relationship between Netanyahu and Zelensky and the relationship, maybe more importantly, between Israel and Ukraine.
1: Right. So so Netanyahu has a new government as of a week ago, which is like, you know, he the guy is is a political genius, but he is he's back. Bibi's back. Uh, and you know the big the big crisis for for Israel was uh, this UN vote uh, that would refer to the United Nations uh, the the international um, basically judiciary court for the UN you know to to make a recommendation advisory opinion about the occupation the West Bank that whole thing and so they were really calling out the. The stops for everybody to try and vote against it. Now it voted in, you know, it came down to uh 87 countries voted in favor of it, 27 voted against it, and and a bunch of countries abstained. So BB called Zelensky and said, Hey man, would you vote against this this resolution at the UN? And Zelensky is like, Yeah, but uh, you know, I need some uh I need some military aid from you guys, you know, and and you know Israel's has has a is is pretty strong military, um, as one in at least in the, in the region, um, and they have some good tech. And Zelensky wanted some of it, and neither of them were particularly happy with the outcome of their call. And so you know, BB didn't agree to give military aid, and the Ukraine didn't agree to. Uh, you know to to vote against the resolution of the UN so Ukraine abstained and the and you know Israel uh, didn't didn't give military aid so neither of them got what they wanted uh it, it is it, it is very complicated for Israel because they have a very large uh russian population and a very large ukrainian population uh both uh, made aliyah to, to Israel after the fall of the Soviet Union. It was actually one of those, you know, something like a million uh, people came out of the former Soviet Union to Israel, and it, that that group uh, is, you know, he had, Bibi has a challenge to manage the the relationship between Russia is Russian Israelis and Ukrainian Israelis. And therefore, you know, they've tried to stay out of as as much as they can, uh, which is probably wise because you know all politics is local, really, and you know you don't want to really alienate you know your base too much.
0: Okay, so here's a question that like you know regular people ask: The United States has committed like thirty eight billion dollars over ten years in military aid to Israel. And so when mm-hmm. other countries come asking for military aid from Israel is you, you see that you see how this works out in our minds. Right. Like we're like, OK, now, wait a second. The United States is already like superfunding what's happening. And I'm and I'm I'm not judging here the <laughs> the rightness or wrongness of of supplying military aid to Ukraine. What I'm asking is, OK, all of this money that the United States gives to countries like Israel for military aid, then when other countries like Ukraine come asking Israel for military aid, I mean, do those countries basically become a pass through from the United States?
1: Well, potentially, I mean, there is there is a yeah. domestic Israeli mili- like, you know, arms market, if you will. Right, but I can mean you they, see how you know, I would
0: be asking, I, I, do you really I, need my money for- if you have money to give somebody else?
1: Yeah, it, it is true, but the thing is that so there's two things with that aid. One is that military aid is has strings attached to it, meaning you actually have to buy uh, American-made products, mm-hmm. right? So it's that's what it's for. It's not just to you know here's here's 38 billion dollars. It's here's 38 billion dollars to spend on American-made uh, bombs and that's important because you know like it or not american one of one of the industries that american america actually still things we still produce is, is is bombs and and those bomb manufacturers and the weapons manufacturers are spread out across the country uh, you know i think a, not a lot of people know that there's a huge defense industry in alabama huge i mean it's like it 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 probably is is is, you know, one of the main, uh, employers for the state of Alabama. Um, and, you know, it does matter that, you know, those, how that might spent. The other thing is, is our aid to Ukraine even is a, is actually a loan. I don't think people realize that most of the time is X, you know, Ukraine's actually expected to pay most of that back. Um, and, which is going to be a hard hard for Ukraine, but nonetheless, that's what's expected of them. And so, I, I think that you know that the, when when Zelensky is asking for military aid from from you know f- from Israel, I think they're asking for domestic like their you know their drones, uh, which Israel has, um, you know the you know the the David Sling missile defense system. Um, and you know, I I think it, I, I'm. It's probably not you know. It really like the Europeans should be doing a bit more than than uh, than you know Israel on the on the giving of military aid since it's in their backyard and they're actually the ones concerned about it.
0: Luke, as always, um, thank you so much. It's so helpful to talk with somebody who's paying attention, has his finger on the pulse of what's happening around the world. Um, I'm sure that later this year we're going to talk more and more about India as their population surpasses China um, and, you know, and obviously ongoing conversations about China, North Korea, other places of interest. So thank you in advance for all the conversations Mm -hmm. um, we're going to have in
1: 2023.
0: Sure thing. Blessings on you. um, And, you know, hey, when you go to the pool of of Siloam, you know, check it out and bring us word back.
1: I I will certainly do that. that.
0: Totally love that. All right, that's Luke Boone. You can find him at the Philos Project. That's PhilosProject.org. You can also find him at ProvidenceMag.com with the intersection of foreign relations and the Christian faith. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Whew. All right. Um, yes, the text line is back up. Um, many, many, many of you have already found your way back to it. That is awesome. Also, just, you know, recognize we can't respond to everybody who texts in real time, especially when you are texting about things that might be outside of um, of the scope of what we are you know in a position to talk about in the moment. Um, and obviously, if I'm texting with you, I'm not paying full attention to the person who I'm talking with. Mm hmm. Yeah. Let's give full attention to each other today. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. we got another hour up next. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.